watch this. Welcome to GT Overdone, the podcast that reviews, rehashes, and relives the adventures of Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond on the Grand Tour and beyond. I am Crockett on my reasonably priced microphone, meeting you on your podcast platform of choice. In this show, we will finish reviewing the very first episode of the Grand Tour. When we left off last time, the orangutan was introducing viewers to their new track, Of course, in addition to a new studio, a tent in their case, the Grand Tour were in need of their own track. The new track located... Charles, where's the little post-it note that was right here? The post-it note was right here to my left. No, I didn't put my gum in it this time. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, One moment. Uh E B O L A. G-R-A-N-D-T-O-O, no, O-U-R. The new track used for the Grand Tour was in Rotten, Rotten, not Rotten, Rotten, England, and was part of an old British Royal Air Force airfield. Jeremy introduces it as the Ebola Drome so named because of its uh, its shape resembling the Ebola virus. So that's different. So Jeremy sends a Ferrari 488 around the track to give viewers a, a feel for the track and to show all of the track's many dangerous elements. There's active wildlife. There's no runoff if you go off the track. There's a power station off of one corner and an elderly woman off another. So Jeremy declares that he shall make his first lap around the new track in a BMW M2. He notes that they don't have time in the episode to do a full review of it, but he does say that he believes the M2 is the best M car that BMW makes, and it's also the cheapest, as I understand it. He describes it as a back-to-the-basics M car. It doesn't give the driver all those options to affect the handling and performance. So he, he praises the fact that it comes from the factory set up well, and you just get in and drive it that way. Now, it is at this point they send the M2 around the track for an official timed lap. So as they did in Top Gear, they want to time different cars on the track with some measure of consistency. And so they want to use the same driver for all the car laps. Obviously, they couldn't take the Stig character with them from Top Gear, so they came up with a new and terrible idea. Yeah, a terrible idea. Our beloved motoring trio had a misstep here, okay? You know exactly what I'm talking about, too, don't you? By sound of applause, let me know if you know what I'm about to say and fully agree with it. Charles. Charles. So by sound of applause, let me know if you know what I'm about to say and you fully agree. Yeah. Yes. It's okay, they, okay? You know, they tried a lot of new things on the Grand Tour, and they were all fantastic, with the exception of this one thing. And ironically, ironically, the one bad thing is the American. So for those of you who may not know, in their first season, the Grand Tour used NASCAR driver Mike Skinner as their new timed lap driver for all the different cars that they'd feature. You know, they want to use the same driver to keep it consistent. And they call him the American. Uh... I mean, where to begin? 
where to, where to begin? No, no. Let's keep this short and sweet. What they seemed to try to do was put all the negative American stereotypes you can think of into one man. No, into the five or six lines that he spoke while he did the lap. Now you might say, Crockett, you're an American. Don't you think that's why it wasn't funny to you? That's right. That's right. No. No. Nah. The lines and comments he had to say were so over the top. Uh, so much of a caricature. It was, it was just dumb. It was just dumb. I mean, the guy even drove around with a, like a disgusted look on his face like he didn't want to be there. It just didn't work. It came off uh, as annoying more than anything. Yeah. Maybe if the voice um, of Mater from Cars had done it. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy? Is that who that Larry the Cable Guy? Is that right? Maybe he could have pulled it off. I don't know. Yes, I know, Charles. I was referring just to the acting part, Charles, not the driving. I know he didn't really drive in the Cars movies. Charles. You know, to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I obviously watched every episode of season one. But when I'm re-watching season one episodes, I skip the American segments. You know, the, the driving segments by the Americans. I skip it. That's how cringy I find it. I just skip to the end where they're revealing the lap time in the tent. <laughs> okay, enough about that. Let's move on. Oh, and uh, by the way, for those of you interested in recalling it, the BMW M2 went around the Ebola drone in 1 minute 26.2, which by way of reference is 2 seconds slower than the M3 and M5, which had nearly identical times. And of course, Richard had something to say about that after Jeremy had said it's the best M car they make and it was slower than the, the other two. Yeah. Next, we are introduced to a segment called Celebrity Brain Crash. So... <laughs> There's this funny bit they did at the beginning of this one. It's completely unrelated to the celebrity bit, where they made some comments about the Royal Air Force being the greatest air force in the world to whip up a reaction from the American audience. Uh, Richard announces that they are British. They edit the show, so the final edit will make it sound like the audience agrees with them that the British Royal Air Force is the best air force in the world. And they have several film you know, cuts where the trio are in various states of physical distress, like they're fighting audience members. Uh, and in one cut, they'll be hiding behind their table, another cut, uh, throwing chairs, and then they cut back, and James has a, has a black eye. Jeremy has a fake um, nosebleed. Um, uh, finally, someone from makeup is cleaning up the guys, and Jeremy settles for, the Royal Air Force is quite good. So, uh, dumb, but... I liked it. So, celebrity brain crash. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm not sure. What did you all think when you first saw this? I mean, what did you make of it? It's obviously a celebrity segment. But when the celebrity tries to arrive at the tent, they die in one way or another. At first, I couldn't believe that they arrange a three-second shot of the celebrity just to have presumably a stunt double die in their place. And that's it. I mean, that is really it. They don't come on the show at all. But on the Grand Tour Wikipedia page, that's right, it says that the segment, quote, involved lookalikes of popular celebrities getting humorously killed in an accident while making their way to the tent, end quote. Really? Lookalikes? Because in the first Celebrity Brain Crash, right here, they introduce Jeremy Renner. 
and I feel like I know what he looks like. He's been in so many movies lately, many of which I really enjoyed. He's been in a couple Mission Impossible movies, in the Born Legacy movie, a few small films you've probably never heard of called The Avengers. I mean, he's pretty recognizable. So they introduce him, and we are shown a shot of someone who is supposed to be him getting ready to parachute out of a plane. I mean, we, we get a pretty long shot of his face, albeit he has goggles on, but I'm pretty sure that's him. Now, they, they do a cut when he goes to lunge out of the plane, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not him that actually jumps. But it would seem that they arranged a pretty big Hollywood star to appear on their show for four seconds, and he didn't even get to say a word. I mean, the star took the time to get in the jumpsuit, get in the plane, you know, and go through all that. And that was it. You know? But I say that, but then I think of all the times they've done similar things back on Top Gear. I remember once Jeremy was doing a serious review of a car. And one of the tests he did was to see if Bruce Willis could honk the horn. And in the next shot, there's Bruce Willis, obviously in his John McClane character from Die Hard, complete with the, the, the dirty t-shirt and a bloodied face. He's honking the horn for a couple seconds, giving a nod of approval to Jeremy. And that was it. So, I'm you know... Why am I surprised? They've been doing this sort of thing for years. So, Jeremy Renner supposedly hits the ground without pulling his parachute. (laughs) And then Jeremy announces a backup guest. Who is this? Does anyone know who that second guest was? I couldn't even make out the name that Jeremy says when introducing him. So I asked Charles to scour the interwebs for the answer to this question, but he just ended up on Facebook arguing with someone on the group page, Top Gear Fans. Or was it Grand Tour Fans? Well, whoever this guy is, he approaches the tent on foot, he's bit by a snake, he writhes around in pain, and then he dies. Still in an effort to get a celebrity on their first episode, Jeremy remembers the uh, British media personality, TV host, and an author, Carol Vorderman. Vorderman? She's in the audience. So uh, no sooner is she introduced that Hammond announces from the back of the tent that he just found her lying lifeless on the floor. And there we have it. The first celebrity brain crash. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Three dead celebrities. And that's it. It's irreverent, a bit dark, and almost bewildering. Um, They take us from that and they go right back out to the Hypercar Holy Trinity film. And that is where we'll pick up in the next segment, right after everyone's favorite GT Overdone segment. Your name here. Your name here. Oh man, Charles, seriously, that jingle will frighten children. Okay, it's that time again to put the spotlight back on our listeners and hear what is on your mind. Charles, let's dive in. What you got? Okay. All right. Well, uh, just just as examples. Okay. You could. Okay. You could tell us what we're doing well. You could uh, tell us what you like about us the best. Or if you can't narrow it down, you could just give us like the top five things that you like about GT Overdone the most. Or how finding our show has improved your marriage. I just want to keep it real. That's how you build community. That's how you build community. Real people keeping it real. Like those Chevy commercials, you know? Real people, not actors. That's what we're after here. Real listeners telling us how great the podcast is. Remember, 
Since we use Anchor FM, you can use their app right on your phone and leave us a voice message on the GT Overdone podcast page. All right, let's jump back into the Grand Tour action. Back to the show. So we leave the scene of three dead bodies laying about the tent as a result of celebrity brain crash, and the trio introduce the conclusion of their time with the McLaren P1, Porsche 918, and Ferrari La Ferrari. And before we, I just have to listen to, uh, listen to this sound that they open the clip with, okay? James May says, and now day two, okay? And listen to this, and the picture fades in from black, okay, so, so picture this in your mind. The picture fades in from black to a gorgeous morning sunrise. A huge aerial shot of the morning sun rising over the racetrack. Okay? Ready? But now, day two. We began by lining up the... Oh, man. That's a sweet spot. Love it. I love it. All right, so the three line up for a good old-fashioned drag race with three cars that are anything but. And what follows is, it's hilarious, but I do believe genuine comedy of driving errors resulting in a different car winning in each subsequent race they try. The first race, James wins, but Jeremy gets his admittedly very complicated launch control wrong in the McLaren, so they go again. The next race, Richard wins, But James got a little loose and backed off, so they go again. The next race, Jeremy wins, bringing them to the conclusion that they've learned nothing so far since all three had won a race. They keep racing with the same types of results. No car was consistently winning, so they halt proceedings to announce their scientific conclusion. It doesn't matter which car you buy. It all depends on the shoe you're wearing, because clearly the varying results can't be them. So it must be the soles of the shoes they're wearing. Which makes perfect sense, obviously. And when re-watching this episode for this podcast, I caught something that I didn't catch the first time. Did any of you notice how Jeremy pronounced Adidas? Oh, See, Adidas, they weren't thinking that through. Ad- Adidas? I'm well aware of aluminium, but I had never heard that. They end up bringing in professional race car driver Jerome D'Ambrosio to take each of the cars around the track. So he takes each car out just first just to get a feel for them and he gives the trio his initial impressions but he doesn't speak English apparently he's Belgian so uh, to my ears it sounds like French but I suppose it could be Dutch I don't what does Dutch sound like Uh, but of course the gag is the subtitle machine is supposedly hijacked by Jeremy and so it has Jerome supposedly trashing the Porsche and Ferrari and praising the McLaren Uh, and finally the main event with the same tires the same track, the same weather conditions, and the same skilled driver. They have Jerome D'Ambrosio do a serious timed lap around this track. And here's the results. The Ferrari coming in at 1 minute 54.4. The Porsche at 1 minute 54.2. And the McLaren at 1 minute 55.5. So Hammond's Porsche Barely beats May's Ferrari, and Jeremy's McLaren comes in third. Then there's the fact that that Jeremy bet the other two that if his car was not the fastest, they could literally knock his house down. But more on that in another episode. 
it's funny because there are car specs on paper and then there is real world track driving, right? You know this. The Ferrari was the most powerful car there and the lightest. The Ferrari had 950 brake horsepower, but it couldn't beat the Porsche on the track. Porsche at 887 brake horsepower. Jeremy's McLaren was ferocious at 904 brake horsepower, but I suspect it was just trying so hard to kill its driver in the corners, it really you know, ended up hurting the lap time. So Jeremy, Richard, and James recap the chaos of their first episode and thank everyone for watching. And this whole thing was kind of special. I think their fans could feel it. A new show on a new platform and for three car guys that aren't getting any younger, another chance to continue doing what they love the most, at least for a while longer. And speaking of special, I'd like to have a segment where we give an automotive themed shout out to something more meaningful. We'll call it Just Drive. And I don't know, I don't know what it will become, but I know that automobiles are woven into our lives. They are, they're, they're inescapably a part of some of our best days, some of our worst days. I'd love to take just a minute, even a half a minute, to feature a car-related memory or a quick story that builds someone up, that praises an unsung hero, or maybe taught us a good yet hard lesson. Does that make sense? This is not defined very well. I'm still working on it. I'll give it some more thought myself, and then maybe I'll tell a couple stories of my own. And then perhaps you'll catch the vision, and it will, it will kind of shake out, and maybe you can share a few of yours. Thank you, Grand Tour fans, for joining us here on GT Overdone. In our next show, we'll talk about the Grand Tour's second episode. This is Crockett telling you to keep driving and get across the line. That is the worst ever. <laughs>